Welcome to this month's BP Leadership Lesson. We are so excited for you to be joining us for our first lesson of the new year. Bill will be speaking on Andrew, one of the disciples. Let's see what he has to say about this quiet leader. All right, glad you're here and welcome 2024. I mean, who would have thought, where did that year go? That was the fastest year. And so this year, if we know a year's coming up, we want to plan on how do we grab hold of this and get the horns to it and make this year the best year possible. And uh, I think you're off to the right start. BPL this year, I want to do something a little bit, um, I think, helpful for us for the lessons we teach. I'm going to think since there's 12 months in this year, why don't I take the 12 apostles or the 12 disciples and do one every month for 12 months? And the reason is we know about some of the ones. You know, we all know about Judas a little bit, and we know about some like John. But a lot of those you may not know. And so I thought, why don't we just take one disciple each month, go through his life, leadership, what it was like, why he was so special that Jesus would choose him out of all the others, and we'll learn about them, and you're going to find yourself in some of them. And so I hope that'll be of help to you, okay? Really glad you're here. You look good, and I hope you enjoyed your lunch, and this is what we do every month. Let me tell you what BPL is in case you're new, all right? I'm Bill Purvis. I'm past- I was pastor here for 36 years. I came in, uh, in July of, uh, I think it was July, no, it was back in April, I'm sorry, March, April of 1983, and uh, I have my wife right here on the front row. We've been married now 40 Six, how many years? 43. 42. I'm losing it. 42 years. She doesn't even look 42 years old, okay? But, uh, but uh, for those years, when I came to Cascade, the culture was different, okay? There were Columbus, Georgia, by the way, in case you don't know, Columbus is the second most highly populated or saturated city in America with churches, There's churches on every block. The number one is Mobile, Alabama area. Number two is Columbus, Georgia area. And you know this. You can drive down the street. There's church here, church here, everywhere, a church. And so um, when we came, Cascade was the smallest church of all the churches in Columbus. And they had $1.67 in the bank. And they were 30 days away from being sold to become a 7-Eleven. And so that was kind of where they were. And so Debbie and I stepped in, no salary, no hope. Easter Sunday, 32 people. And that's, you know, so Easter's your high day. That's the biggest it would ever get. And we laugh about it. Those 32 weren't speaking to each other. They were all mad one another. So uh, it was a long journey, 36 years, but God blessed and grew. And we spun off a lot of churches out of that that grew and missionaries around the world. and, And it's just been a great experience. And now we're another season of our life. But through all of that, I started BPL because of this. I understood there's a difference between somebody who knows how to lead and somebody who doesn't. I I was raised where I got to be around people that two people come out of the same family. One of them just made wiser decisions. They just seemed to do things that were right. And they came out of the same family. And so I would notice that. What made that one different? Raised in the same family. Why did this one do this? And so I started learning leadership. I didn't learn it early. I didn't learn leadership, probably a reading, until I was about 24, 25. And then I really got on a quest for it. And as I grew, I realized everything, this is true, everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything. Your house, a school, your city. If you've got something going on, if the church is bad, look at the pastor. If the, uh, 
if the city is bad, look at the mayor. Look at the leaders. Look at leadership and everything, and you'll solve most problems pretty quick. Just figure out, why is that home wrong? Leadership. Why is that team losing? Leadership. Why is, it's, I was with somebody the other day. There's a world champion in the area, and one of the first things he said, they said, well, so-and-so didn't learn this, and he said, you got a bad coach. He says, always a bad coach. And he was so emphatic, she said, no, I've been under 10 coaches. He said, no, no, it's always a bad coach. And she even got offended by that the next day and said, I don't like your friend. I said, my friend is a world champion, okay? My friend has no coaches. Uh, and so leadership is the key. That's why we want to grow in leadership. If we can change that one thing, it'll give us 10 benefits. Sometimes in life, you're going to make one decision that gives you a lot of good wins. Sometimes you make one decision, it does one win, it solves one problem. But you'll make one decision, it solves five problems. That's what leadership does. So I want to help you to do that. So let me jump in right off the bat. I want to give you quickly a statement I wrote about the purpose so you know why we do what we do. And then I'll give you this, okay? The purpose of BP leadership is to provide biblical leadership examples from the Bible, both good and bad, uh, from the, uh, for personal and professional growth, for your own growth and for your company. We learn from the lives of historic people, real people from different periods of history in different cultures, young and old, married and single, uh, female and male, fearless and fearful, a thousand different variables, but we learn through the Bible the best characters, and then we learn leadership. And while I believe the Bible is primarily a book of salvation, I also found it to be the best book for me on finances, on marriage, on relationships, and leadership. So that's why we take and do it, all right? Now, let's, just, uh, let's talk today about 12 men that Jesus handpicked for his team. Now, sometimes we get the idea that, that Jesus walked along and just saw a guy and he said, I want you to come work for me. Hey, you be on my team. He didn't. He had many disciples already. He had a lot of them. He called them all together. And out of all of those, he observed who he thought would be the 12 he wanted. And he actually spent a whole night in prayer the night before he officially called them to make certain he was getting the right one. So he chose 12 among many. It wasn't like he just chose the first 12. So let me ask you a question. What would God be looking for if he was choosing somebody? What would you look for? I, I often wonder what, when Jesus was looking at all these people, he knew, he knew them inside out. He knew them from birth. He knew all about them. What is it about those 12 that made them unique or special? Why did he choose them? Why did he get a Bartholomew? Why did he get a Thaddeus? We never hear that. Why did he do that? And so that's what we're going to look at. But now, uh, today we'll look at another one, uh, one that I'll show you in a second. His name is Andrew. But right off the bat, we know that when he handpicked them, there's a rough group, all of them different, some farmers, some fishermen, all the rest. Quickly, what's the difference between a disciple and apostle? Because you get those words interchanged sometimes. The 12 disciples, the 12 apostles. Literally, it's this. A disciple is a learner. We are disciples of Jesus, okay? A disciple means under discipline. We get that word from that. So it means I'm learning. I'm a disciple of, a mentee of, somebody's mentoring me. And so all followers of Jesus are disciples. However, an apostle was different. Apostle was sent out with a special commission, and they were given the authority of their boss. So the apostle, all all apostles had one time been disciples, but not all disciples will ever be apostles. There's only 12 apostles. Those, that's them. The disciples are really all of us, but we interchange the names so that, it's, so that it's known. To be an apostle, you had to have several things. You had to be handpicked by Jesus. 
you had to uh, you had to have a special gift or or, or or some kind of calling, and that validated who you were. And then you had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection. So if you had those three qualifications, you could be an apostle. That was his group he had with him. All right, let me jump right in today on the one that you're going to love. This one is the guy named Andrew. Andrew. Some of you may be named that or have a kid named that or something like that. Andrew comes upon the scene. He's, he was first a disciple of John the Baptist. He started off as John's d- disciple. And then when he heard John one day say these words, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. He was a Jew. He understood there's a Messiah coming. And he realized, whoa, uh, Jesus is the Messiah. So he, he put himself in the portal, okay? He transferred. He left John the Baptist team and he went over to Jesus' team, all right? And that's really what he did. He, he converted. Now, when he, when he shifted over, think about this. His background was with John the Baptist, so he was pretty hardcore and strong. Now he's with Jesus, who's loving and kind but very wise. And so that's where we first find him. He obviously wanted to grow because he was willing to leave here to go there. And by the way, in our life, how far we go is always determined by how far we grow. How far you go is decided by how far you grow. If you keep growing, you can go far. You, your, your business and everything stops growing when you stop growing. And so there's two problems you'll get in your business sometimes. One is you'll be hungry to grow or you're dying to grow. or You're the manager, the leader. You're growing. Two problems you can get if you're really eager to grow. One is the people above you may not be wanting to grow. Some of them may have a boss that you already are having to make make more of the decisions, and they're, they're, it's, got, it's a lid on you. You can't get further because of that. Some of you may be the leader, and you've gone so far, but the people behind you on your team are not growing. I remember one time I had a staff years ago, and I brought in a world-class speaker to meet with me and the staff. And he walked in the door, and Debbie, remember, because he's going to lunch with us, he walked in the door, and he opened the door, and he looked at our staff, and he talked to us for a minute, and then he said, come here, Bill. And he said, Debbie, you too. And he walked, and we walked out of the staff room, and he shut the door. Now, the whole staff said, and he said, is that your staff? And I said, yeah. And he went, And me and Debbie were proud. We were like, oh, we're good. And he went, Bill, in my whole life, I've never seen such a gap between the leader's skills and the staff's. He said, that gap between the two of you, is good. he said, you could go real far, but you got too big a gap. And that was his words. Now, I had to do two things. Either you go in there and get rid of everybody, and I didn't want to do that, or you go in there and learn to grow them to close the gap. And some of you may have that. So if you're, if you're growing and you're a leader, that may be where you go. Let me quickly move to the rest about Andrew. He stepped out on faith, we say. He knew Jesus was Messiah. The first thing Andrew did was he ran got his brother Peter. He had to go get his brother Peter. He said, I got to go tell you, we found the Messiah, so he does that. But here's the problem about Andrew. Here's the the downside that will relate to a lot of you. Andrew lived his life in the shadow of a well-known brother. You ever know what it's like to be second? No matter how good you are, you're still overshadowed by somebody. Somebody else has more talent or skill or whatever. Andrew lived his life in the shadow of that. Think about it this. Andrew's the brother of Peter. Peter's one of the most famous guys in all the Bible. Uh, Peter is, uh, he, he wrote books of the Bible. He preached to thousands. Everybody knew Peter. Peter walked down the street. They all knew him. 
He's known to thousands, speaks to thousands. In fact, Peter one day had 3,000 people give their lives to God when he got through speaking. Now, Andrew is the little brother looking at Peter. Andrew went and got him, but Peter just, it was like he just grabbed hold of a rocket. He just took off, and now he's known everywhere. And Peter is bold. Peter's outspoken. Peter's, he's well-known. He's well-liked. He's charismatic. Now, you got Andrew, on the other hand, he's quiet. He's, he doesn't say much. Peter's mentioned hundreds of times in the Bible. Andrew's mentioned three times. I mean, you talk about being overshadowed and overlight. We hope that you got some great insight from the first part of this lesson. A good thing to always remember is how far you go is determined by how far you grow. Don't forget to stay tuned for part two of this lesson. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.